The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of their organization. Welcome to the Enterprise Knowledge Cast, a look into the world of knowledge management, information management, and data management, and everything in between. This is brought to you by Enterprise Knowledge. I'm Zach Wall, founder and CEO of EK. Today, we're speaking with Niall Thomas, Global Knowledge Manager at Zendesk. Niall, welcome. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for being here. You know, I always like to jump right in with, I think, a very simple but highly complex question, and that is, what is KM? What is KM to you? How do you define it at Zendesk? What does good KM look like? It's a very good question, isn't it? So for me, knowledge management is obviously, you know, how information is gathered, organized, and distributed across an organization. And content management plays a really important part in that. But KM is, you know, it's the next level. It includes the development of a knowledge sharing culture within an organization, a collaborative approach to knowledge and content, cutting down on duplication, cutting down on time spent doing things and simplifying. I love the fact that you got right to the business value there. I think that is missing from too many people's definitions of KM. You talked about improving collaboration. You talked about reducing duplication or rework and all of that leading to productivity, time being saved. One of the things that I think is really important within KM is is measurement. How do you measure those sorts of metrics at Zendax? How do you know that you're actually accomplishing your goals? Measurement is so important, you know, with the metrics and understanding because you have to be able to, you know, demonstrate progress and prove your existence, you know, prove your validity in the business. Some of the metrics I use would be obviously how many users I'm getting, how many new users I'm getting weekly Mm -hmm. and the number of page views. But I've been presented recently because my knowledge base at Zendesk is internal for our success teams. And one of the challenges I faced recently is how do a lot of the content that we're using in this knowledge base are decks or documents? And traditionally, people would say, oh, you know, well, how many times was it viewed? That's not quite going to cut it for me. I need something more. So I'm using Google Tag Manager in Google Analytics. And now I can track not just the article, but also any presentations or Word documents that are attached to that article, if they've linked with them, if they've downloaded them. And that's the real key metric in knowledge management. While all of the other ones are great, the key metric is knowledge reuse. That's Mm -hmm. the key. Yeah, and it seems like there's even another piece to this. Somebody is choosing to traverse the knowledge base. They're choosing to go past the article in order to learn more. So in a way, you're being able to measure, you're measuring that somebody is actually using the knowledge base for what it's for, which is to discover new information and to act on it. Am am I getting that right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And also coming back to the first question, which is cutting down time, if I can develop presentation or a cheat sheet or some kind of document, whatever that might be, and I spend a day doing it, but it gets reused Mm a hundred times a week, then think of the time saved. So we're we're coming back to that again. That's where I get really excited about this because it it really does come down to if you do KM right, there is not just an arithmetic savings, there's an actual exponential savings. Get one thing done, and it's not just that one other person is going to use it or reuse it. It's that potentially in an organization like yours, hundreds or thousands of people are going to use it and reuse it. And that's pretty powerful. You're internally using Zendesk for KM, and I guess I'd be worried if you weren't 
why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit more about that? What do you use the platform for internally and how does that work really? I'm working with our success team and they're supporting our customers to get the absolute best value out of whatever product it is that they're using in Zendesk. So it's a really you know, high energy role. There's a lot of content that needs to be developed. There's a lot of variation in the circumstances of customers, how they use the tool, why they use the tool. So you really, in the success area, you really have to be on your feet. And it's incredible to watch them work. And I've learned an awful lot from them, but I, I have to listen all the time to what are their needs? How are they supporting the customers? And how can we support them to do it in new and better ways? Yeah, there's quite a lot of presentations that we support them on, but I'm looking into other areas like maybe even podcasts or interviews like this that we could support them on. But there's a huge amount of tacit knowledge there um, mm -hmm. that they've gathered up over time. And it's what I'm really trying to do is just tap into that so that new people coming in can gain that experience quickly and then share it with their, our customers even quicker. You're talking about something that I think is very high on the scale of maturity here for KM. A lot of organizations are just struggling to get the right information to people. It seems like you've gone beyond that. And now you're looking at not just how to get the information to folks, but A, how to evolve it, how to, as you say, listen to them, see how they're actually working in practice and find opportunities to innovate or improve the content. How does that work in practice? What are you doing to really adapt? And as they have gained all this tacit knowledge to get more of that into the system as well so that others can benefit from it. My background is is IT and, and I've been a trainer for 14 years. So, mm -hmm. you know, I understand that people learn differently and they assimilate knowledge differently. So it's important that the content is different to support as many different learners and as many different forms of assimilation that we can do. So text is good. And if it's used well, it can be followed. But when you want to add another dimension to that, you know, you want to add video or or interactive cheat sheets that can support them. Guided learning is also another one that can be really good in, in, in a sales area. You mentioned something important that there's always a new case study or perhaps a new use case for one of your customers or potential customers. There's always a new challenge for Zendesk to be able to answer in other words. How does the organization adapt to that? How do you learn from that new case study or learn from that new use case and say, we need to plug this into our own knowledge base so we're ready for it the next time. We have um, voice the customer programs and executive business reviews. So we're constantly listening to what the customers are telling us about our product. I'm constantly listening to our success team. They're listening to their people and our management are listening. So we're constantly listening and feeding that information and that learning back to the product team. Even internally, for example, I've met with a number of people who are knowledge nerds like myself and Ooh. we've set up a slack channel in work where we can just discuss ideas collaborate and then go back to our product team with these ideas and say hey look it's a minor change but the payback could be huge so there's a lot of ears open <laughs> yeah and, and i think that's where km can really fuel constant improvement and especially in a software company a product company that uh, has the opportunity to do small but meaningful tweaks that can be really powerful. That's great. Let's go back to the beginning. You mentioned that you came up through IT and training. And that training piece, I think, is really compelling. We're seeing a lot today how 
learning and development is coming together with KM, and those two programs are increasingly intertwined. How have you leveraged your own training background to be successful in your KM role? Definitely, I understand the learner, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been been training for a long time. So I understand how people obviously assimilate knowledge. And I think having that variation that we talked about, so you've got classroom or e-learning, and then you've got your support content in the knowledge base. So there's a journey through that learning where they're gathering up the information and then you're testing the learning with quizzes or whatever that might be. One of my favorite things to do after a training session was if we launched a new product in the past or something like that would be to run a treasure hunt through the knowledge base. And that way I'm getting adoption with the knowledge base. They're perusing the content and picking up the content. It's like an open book exam. And then we're getting to test the learning. So it's win-win. And then we throw in a few prizes and it's, it's fun. I love it. In a way, you're actually testing your knowledge base usability as well, aren't you? There's, Absolutely, yeah. 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 Fantastic. You began as a, both an IT and trainer. Now in KM, I think that makes you one of these very unicorny type of people. That's wonderful. But why don't you give us a little bit about how you got into KM? How did you make that transition? So I went back when I was in college. I, uh, I was working for Xerox in tech support. And I uh, was finishing my degree. I was going to do my thesis. And uh, I said, I'll do what I know. I'm in tech support. I'm using a knowledge base all the time, you know. So I decided to build my own knowledge base as part of my thesis. And then later I was working in training and development. And uh, I mentioned, I happened to mention to a manager that that's what I had done for my thesis. And she said, well, hey, we just had this new knowledge management system project approved. Why don't you lead the project? I kind of fell into it by accident there, fell in love with it. Yeah. And I've now built three knowledge bases, two of which were nearly a million dollars. Wow. That's a phenomenal experience. What strikes me about it, and this is becoming a, a bit of a running theme, is how one good manager who's listened to you and seen your talent can change the trajectory of your career. And I think half of the KMers that I know have really had that pivot Those who didn't purposefully go into the field from the start, I think half of those that have somewhat stumbled into the field have had that one good manager who saw something and created an open door. So that's great to hear. And I've actually done that myself. I've met other people, seen that they had something and said, hey, why don't you interview for this role and let's see what you've got. And those people are working in KM today as well. That's how the field grows and that's how we get good people into it. Well done. Talk to me a little bit about how the field has changed over the course of your experiences. I mean, having built three, what I would refer to as enterprise knowledge bases, that's quite a bit of experience and some good years of experience to boot. How have things changed? What have you learned along the way? I think obviously the demand is changing. The development to self-service has shifted companies to help their customers help themselves. And now with the introduction of more advanced AI and answer bots, the focus is on developing well-organized KM systems, and it's, it's even more important now. Contact center staff have long been on the front line of customer service, but I believe that that's, that's shifting now to self-service knowledge basis. The customer journey is changing, and companies have to respond to that with good knowledge management. I'm inferring something, but I want to draw it out for our users. When you say that KM and good knowledge bases are even more important 
due to the advancements in AI. My inference from that is, well, AI is not going to work if the content that it's using isn't good, reliable, and isn't well-structured so it can actually understand what it's looking at. Am I getting the correct inference from that? Yeah, AI is it's not as advanced as people might think it is. It's only as good as the content that it's given. You need good knowledge people in the background developing that content and organizing it in a way that the AI can understand and then share with the customer. That is, that's the quote. That's the key quote, right? Is that KM is effectively the foundation for good artificial intelligence and successful AI in a lot of these organizations that make it look easy. There is structure and content and people and frankly, a culture driving it behind all of that. What do you see coming next? What do you see happening within the field, either specific to AI or more broadly within KM? What's the next exciting thing? I want to get more specific with my content, you know, thought leadership, Mm -hmm. more usable kind of thought leadership. And that that's from the kind of the content perspective, from a technology perspective, maybe less maintenance and the background. I mean, when you see various knowledge management systems, they look great on the front end and they can be lacking for people like us in the background. So we need we need less maintenance in that sense and better usability. Now, I'm not familiar with this, so you'll have to educate me. Does Zendesk actually have an AI component? Is there a tool within the suite? There is indeed. We have an answer bot tool and that now connects with our new messaging tool, which was launched a few months ago. So you can use the messaging tool with the answer bot to support your customers. So yeah, you've got the guide tool, which is housing your knowledge base, which then feeds the answer bot, which you then can use through our messaging tools to support your customers. Let's talk a little bit about what you would recommend to others who want to get into the field. I mean, your path was training in IT. And now really, I mean, when you see a title like global knowledge management, obviously you have a lot of responsibility and a lot of ownership within the organization. How would somebody get to be where where you are today? What advice would you give them? Take the initiative. If you're confident in an area that you work and you want to improve it, start developing content and sharing it. Knowledge management systems come in all shapes and sizes. When you reach out with your content, you'll meet like-minded people and you work from there. Build those relationships, share your knowledge and encourage others to do the same. There's also a lot of courses out there that can help you on that journey. But I think taking the initiative and starting to share and then things start to happen when you share that knowledge. You have built several knowledge bases, and knowledge bases are what I would refer to as one major component of a knowledge management ecosystem. It's a big place where tacit knowledge can become explicit knowledge. It's a big place where your content can be housed to be made more findable and discoverable. Having done this now, I think you said three times, what are the recommendations that you'd give to our listeners? What are the shells and shell knots of a really successful knowledge-based design and implementation? A good knowledge management system has simplicity, integrity, and understanding. So how do you achieve that? There's kind of three main things. You need good governance. Strong knowledge management framework and style guide is critical. Part of that is your approval workflows and design templates. These ensure the system has integrity. A focus on plain language and tone of voice will ensure understanding. Good reporting, as we said earlier, it's critical to demonstrate your success and get buy-in. And that can make it harder for professionals like myself to get buy-in. 
a customer-centric taxonomy, I find, it's future-proof. The customer's journey doesn't change as frequently as sales plans or processes, you know. Plus, it has the added advantage of getting your staff and teams to think customer-centrically. And customer journey mapping is essential to make that happen. User engagement, last but not least, you need C staff buy-in, obviously, to build your knowledge management. But knowledge management is predominantly an end user tool and not a management tool. I've seen it happen in the past where people go to build a knowledge base and they collaborate with management and everybody thinks this is fantastic. And they roll out the knowledge base and then you find you've rolled out a knowledge base that facilitates management and not the end user. You need to go to the end user. You need to reach them, find out what they need, listen and respond quickly, and then you'll ensure integrity in the system. Excellent. Simplicity, integrity, and understanding. You know, when you dive into that, I heard user-centered design, quality content, structure, governance, taxonomy, reporting, and analytics. These aren't just the foundational elements of a good knowledge base. They're effectively the foundational elements of, of really any good system. That's a great checklist for any of our listeners, regardless of what sort of system they're looking to build. You have obviously been successful in getting support for KM. How has that gone for you and your various organizations to get the executive saying, yes, we need to invest in this. Yes, we need to not just throw the system in place, but ensure that we've got the infrastructure, that we've got the governance, that we've got the right people shepherding the content. How have you sold KM? By looking at the pain, finding the pain that we're suffering, and then demonstrating how KM can resolve that. There really is so much that you can do that I'm not sure management level understand how much you can achieve. And that's why people like myself need to demonstrate exactly what can be achieved using knowledge management articles, videos, various types of content. As I mentioned before, the guided knowledge is extremely powerful to cut down and save time. It's about education. It's about talking about the subject and sharing it. I've always been a proactive champion of the use of the, and value of KM. And I, I pretty much speak to anyone, quite frankly, and actively feedback suggestions to companies that I've built knowledge bases on to make improvements. So I'm talking to management, I'm talking to the systems to drive home you know, the benefits of this tool. Fantastic. In that answer, you talk about the various types of knowledge and you get a little bit into guided knowledge as well. This to me is really where the industry is going, is recognizing that any individual user has different ways, I think, as you said earlier, of learning, but also of, of wanting to act on information. And so giving them as wide a menu of different types of knowledge as possible, different types of content, different types of information, ranging from structured to unstructured and tacit to explicit, is going to serve the greatest number of folks. How would you recommend our listeners get their arms around that? Because when you put it in those terms of needing to give all these different types of knowledge and content to your users, that becomes very scary very quickly and a very big challenge that a lot of our users or a lot of our listeners wouldn't know where to begin. So how have you cracked that nut? How have you begun that? And how do you offer that menu of knowledge? For me, it starts at the beginning of the initial project, and that is a very strong foundation of required content. Okay, so a very strong foundation of everyday content that your customers or your staff need. And then from there, 
you can expand and you can scale up, you can grow that because you've got that strong foundation there. That foundation can then be reused, which is obviously, you know, the point to knowledge management that can be reused in other forms to expand your portfolio, I suppose, of knowledge and content. So if you focus on that, which is most critical, you can do some design for that with an eye forward, and you can effectively start snapping in additional types of content over time. So a a highly iterative approach here. Yeah. Perfect. But that foundation is just so key because, as I said before, you've got that kind of integrity then built into your knowledge base. And people trust it and they believe in it and they will continue to use it. And then you start to build from there. But that strong foundation is just critical. What I like about this is you're not delaying value to the user. From the very start, if you focused on the highest priority or highest value content, the critical content, they're getting value as soon as that first bit is done. And then it's just that they're getting more and more value every time you snap in a different type of content or that you extend the structure or add a a new piece of functionality. That's great. Well, I will say this. uh, It seems like you are doing wonderful work and it's exciting to see what comes next. Let's talk a little bit about that. What is the next step for you at Zendesk? What's the next KM initiative or the next thing that you're going to add to the knowledge base? Right now, we're talking about combining some of our internal help centers and greater collaboration between departments. And I suppose for me is constantly learning about this tool and how can we improve it as well. That's kind of always at the back of my mind. And then you know, whatever challenges we face, then I'll be creating content for that to give to our success people so that they can give that to our customers. So yeah, it's it's about learning and growing and um, collaborating, continuing always. Over the last year, obviously, the world has changed a bit. How has the remote work stance and the sudden shift to everybody speaking and collaborating through online tools rather than in an office affected your job and the way that you do your work? Even before the pandemic, I was working with a remote team because in my previous role, the contact centers were based around Ireland and my team and I worked really, really well on a remote basis. And and now I'm in Ireland and most of the people I'm working with are actually in San Francisco or in other areas of the United States. So I can still work quite well and collaboratively using this tool, which is online based. It's working out very well. A strong argument there for those organizations that put early investments into KM being ready for remote work and actually flourishing over the last year. Wonderful. Well, Niall Thomas, Global Knowledge Manager at Zendesk, thank you for your time. This was really valuable. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. I had a lot of fun. For everyone out there, thanks for listening to this episode of KnowledgeCast. Check out more information on KM at enterprise-knowledge.com.